Welcome to the Draft Nuff Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg, and welcome to part two of my interview with Eric Croker. Hope you guys enjoy. Peace. Now I want to transition here to the cornerback class for the NFL Draft, wide receivers. Um, do you have a top five ranking for cornerbacks and wide receivers, or, or are you waiting to kind of surprise everyone on Twitter what those rankings are? Yeah, I, I've been kind of waiting to and, – and I'm getting away from just pure rankings, which I think if I want to do things for clicks and reads, I should do rankings because I know that will kind of explode, and I know it has in recent years. But um, in my head, is like I just think that the rankings are kind of stupid. <laughs> I and, I, and I'm like, you know, I should break things down in tiers because sometimes I like several guys. I try to look at it like, hey, if these three guys were on the board – who would I like to take? And I, you know, it's in tears, right? If Devontae Smith was there and Jamar Chase, I would say I'm good, perfectly fine with either one of them. You know, um, you know, if the say cornerbacks were on the board, right? You got Patrick Sertain, JC Horn, Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom. Those mm-hmm. are like my tier one corners. And I would say I'm good, really good with Either one of those guys, they they do some things different from each other. But if my team took any of those guys, or if I had, you know, if I had a gun to my head and they're like, you gotta just blindly pick one guy, you don't know which guy you're pointing to, I would be great with either one of those guys. So I'm I want to go more towards tiers because okay. when you just talk about rankings, it's like it the at least the way that social media takes it is if I'm putting down the next guy. Like last year, I had C.J. Henderson at one and Jeffrey Okuda at two. And I got a lot of comments about how stupid I, I am. Stupid. I'm ridiculous. I'm just doing these things for clicks. And I'm like, dude, I like Jeffrey Okuda. I'm not saying he's bad. I just like C.J. Henderson a little more. Like, I just like some of the Something things. And I like, yeah, you know, and it's just like, and I'm just like, I want to go more towards tears to where it's like, look, I'm good with either one of these guys. And I think that either one of these guys should, could be or should be the first guy taken off the board. I don't really have like tiers. I'm I'm very much a ranking guy, but I totally understand your your perspective for like doing tiers instead of just having rankings overall. Um, but for my rankings overall, th- this is my top five. Um, this is my final top five. Probably it's not going to change anytime soon. But I'm still putting in grades. So I mean, who knows? Um, Caleb Farley is my number one cornerback on the board. I mm-hmm. love the death. Um, you, you, I know you've um, watched Farley a little bit. Uh, what are some concerns you have with Farley at the next level? Because with, for me, like just like when I was talking with Joe Marino about uh, Caleb Farley, he and I just get so excited when we start talking about Farley because he, he has incredible size for a cornerback, very fluid, great athlete. Um, he, he shows great flashes um, in man coverage and press coverage, great ball skills, clean footwork, fluid hips. Um, you know, But there are some things that are wrong, and also there are the injury concerns that a lot of people have that have 
moved him down boards uh, for some. But for me, he's saying that's cornerback one. The injuries I noted down didn't really take anything off from it. And as long as it's not chronic pain for the future, I'm I'm totally okay with that. But with Caleb Farley, what are some things he needs to work on the next level to truly become one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL? Because I truly believe he can be that with more more growth and more development. All right. Well, well first, let's because I, I like to start with like positives. <laughs> um, yeah. I think some of the things that he does extremely well is like he's a freak athlete when the ball is in the air. You know, it kind of re- is reminiscent of, and I don't know how old you are, but like watching Deion Sanders. And mm-hmm. Deion Sanders, one of his, like the best things that I saw him do when I was growing up was he just had this ability when the ball was in the air, like he just turned into a freak athlete. Like he closed extremely fast. He'd jump up as if he's a receiver and like take the ball out the air. Like I thought he did that at an, like just elite, elite level. I see some of that with, Caleb Farley. Now, I'm not saying Caleb Farley is Deion Sanders, but I'm just saying his ability to close on passes when the ball is in the air is definitely an elite trait. Um, I think he's freak, freakish from that standpoint. I like that he has a good understanding of being, you know, scheme versatile. Yes. He plays at the uh, office, uh, he plays at the line of scrimmage. I don't think they did it a ton. I probably would have did it more with him. But when guys are that big, it's great to see them be able to, you know, have the ability to play off. And I thought from off coverage, when he's able to anticipate, he closes like nobody else. I think he puts his foot in the ground and closes extremely well. And for him to be able to play off coverage and do it like that and close like that with his size, I think that's special. All right. Um, Now, things that I think he can kind of like work on, he isn't as refined as some of the other guys. Uh, You know, I think when he is at the line of scrimmage, it's kind of hit and miss. Um, it almost looks like he doesn't necessarily have that feel. And when I say feel, like that's something that, you know, you you gain. Like the, the more you play the cornerback position, the more you start to have that feel for an anticipation for routes that are about to sit down or if a route is going vertical or if a guy, you know, is about to throttle down and you kind of can feel his body. Like I, I think he's kind of missing that a little bit now and he's playing more off of athleticism. So once he starts to kind of get that feel – and become more like quote unquote nuanced as a cornerback, I think we're gonna see him take his game to another level. I think he has some, you know, bad eye discipline, um, you know, at, at at times. Again, those are things that are coachable. And that's what I try to look at too. Like what's fixable, what's coachable, right? What you can't coach is that elite ability to close on on balls in the air and that just freak athleticism. You can't, you can't, you can't coach that. I, I when I but, was watching yeah go ahead. when I was watching him just jump on balls with the athleticism you were mentioning I stood up out of my seat I'm like Woo-wee! this dude Caleb Farley I I really hope he, he a lot of stuff and like you mentioned a lot of the stuff that he needs work on is coachable um, I noted down there are times. He's a little bit raw in zone because he didn't have a lot of experience in zone. I don't, from what I from what I watched, um, there were times where he he seemed uncertain when it came to spacing uh, in zone layers, um, squeezing in zone, and all that. Um, I, I feel like he does have the potential to be a good run defender. It's just too many times he has too many missed tackles, but he has the frame 
and it looks like he has the physicality to be a good run defender. And again, you brought up the point. It comes down to coaching. Can he be coached up to being that good of a run defender that I believe he can be? I I graded him a little bit in for like run support traits. I graded him a little bit towards the average side because he's you see the flashes, but there's so much inconsistency there and as well in zone coverage that I'm like, okay, this needs work, but if you play, if you let him play man while you continue to develop him in zone, this is going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the league a couple years down the road. Um, right. So I – Again, I love Farley. I think he he can be a very good football player, my number one cornerback, um, despite the injury concerns. And you know what? When I hear like injury concerns or pro day numbers aren't great for some prospects, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt this process for this year because there's no combine. We don't really have all the information. I think this is a year where a lot of people are just relying on the tape to know the prospect well enough. Um, and for a lot of us here on draft Twitter, you know, that that's kind of what we've been trying to do, even though we've kind of incorporated some of the great, some of the athletic grading, um, from math bomb. Um, great. He does great stuff there. Um, with like testing scores and whatnot, but with Caleb Farley, incredible athlete, the injury, the concerns about his injuries are valid. Um, but I'm not too concerned with it. So yeah. I, I'm, you and I, I think we seem to be on the same page about Farley. He's a great player. I want to move on to Patrick Sertan. This is probably the most pro, like in terms of just his technique and fundamentals, I think he seems to be one of the more disciplined, one of the more well-sounded fundamentally fundamental corners in this draft class. So I want to know your thoughts on Sertan and then I'll um, allow myself to provide my thoughts about Sertan as well. Yeah. I mean, like you, you hit the nail on the head when you say technically refined, right? Like he has some of the most consistent press technique I've seen. And I think it starts with just his elite patience at the line of scrimmage. And I know, like, I know how hard it is to be a cornerback and be, you know, on the outside and be that patient with your press technique. Um, he definitely possesses that. And that allows him to, you know, stay square, not create the space for receivers, not give ground, be able to flatten off routes. And now he kind of dictates the route depth. I think he does a really good job of that. And uh, I think for any team that he goes to, likely you would want him in a scheme that allows him to play at the line of scrimmage with that ability. I think at the catch point, he's extremely physical and does a really good job of getting his hand in there and knocking balls away. And that's what you want to see for a cornerback that is 6'2", 208 pounds, right? Um, I think there were a lot of people that questioned his vertical speed. And I'm like, dude, like, he doesn't have an issue running vertical with stuff. That's not what you're seeing. What people really were seeing was he lacks twitch and suddenness, which typically is the case for somebody of his size. But he kind of plays at one speed. And he's a guy who is very consistent with press, but on the reps when he's not, and he just has to react more so than anticipate, I think that's when he can kind of get in a little bit of trouble. And if he's facing receivers at the next level that are a little bit more twitched up, that are a little bit more nuanced with the releases, and they start to move him off of his spot, I think that's when we could potentially see him 
kind of struggle to stay in phase with some guys. Now, that's more of a projection, um, I, I, you know, in, or like maybe something that just, oh, well, this can be the case. But so far, more times than not, with the film that I've watched and watching him, like it wasn't the case, you know? So mm-hmm. from that standpoint, I, I really like a lot of what I've seen. Again, with like a little bit more twitch suddenness, a little bit more explosiveness out of his breaks, but um, I would say that he does some things extremely well. I think he sees the field very well. I think he's effortless, you know, when transitioning from, um, you know, in zone and kind of reading his keys and understanding where his eyes should be. Does a really good job closing on passes and making tackles. I think all those things check out extremely well. I, I, I'm with you there. He And like I mentioned before, um, just very technically refined. Um and as you were saying, he's patient and press. Like he, he, he doesn't. He rarely panics um, and press. He's just really patient with his feet. He's. It's like in slow motion. You can see it happening. Him just not. He's never urgent with his hands. Um, he he allows uh, the receiver to release uh, to reveal his uh, releases at the line of scrimmage before he grabs on um, to the receiver to reroute. Um, and he does a good job, I believe, using that sideline as an extra defender. I love defensive backs that use the sideline as that extra defender whenever you're, whenever a receiver makes an um, outside release, you want to make sure you use that sideline as that extra defender so then you, so then you force the quarterback to try to make an incredible ball placement throw or something like that. And that, that's why I've been most impressed with, um, with Patrick Sertan. That kind of reminds me of uh, Noah Igabani from Auburn from last year's draft. Um, like the way he was able to push receivers to the sideline, use that sideline as the extra defender. Um, it's zone. He, um, I, he does stay fairly disciplined. He's a good run defender. Um, he he's improved as a tackler as the years went on, and I saw that on tape. And I I just love what I saw from that perspective. I I love corners that are able to um, tackle well against the run, especially if you're the last line of defense at times. If you can tackle well. You're you're going to be fine at the next level, especially if you go to a team that requires you to make tackles at the line of scrimmage. That that's the type of corner I like. Uh, great ball skills, patient footwork, um, fairly fluid, and and I agree with you. He's not that twitchy, and he could run into some trouble um, against twitchier receivers. I guess you could say Stephon Diggs or um, Kellen Moore, if he ends up running against those guys, yeah, guys that are able to challenge him in space, he's going to struggle with that. Oh yeah. Like that, you know, and, and that's the part. So I think that's when it, you, you have to really factor in the scheme that he goes to and don't go to a team like, you know, maybe the Broncos, the Rams, the chargers, you know, teams that play, you know, they, they're more schemed up to play more the Packers. Now, like they, they want to play more off coverage I don't think that's a great fit for him. Now, that's not to say that he can't do it or that he wouldn't be good in that type of system. Or maybe they do some things different with him than they do with the other defensive backs. I would just say, ideally, I would like him to be in more of a scheme that allows him to play at the line of scrimmage because I have noticed in space, as is the case for most big corners, he that's not as ideal for him. I think if, if he goes to a team that likes to run a lot of man, that likes to run – 
a lot of press cover too, man. You know, if he if you're able to allow him to be at that line of scrimmage, I think he's he's going to be a shutdown corner from the get go. Um, and also, you need if you're able to really hone on to his skills and uh, really hide some of the deficiencies he has as a corner, he, he's going to be spectacular. I have no doubts about that. Um, and you know, he he's got good genes. I mean, his dad played well at the at um, at the NFL level. Um, you know, so I, could we see a similar career like his dad? Possibly, um, maybe even better, which I'm hoping he he does at the next level. Um, the next cornerback I want to talk about, and he's my personal CB2 and between both Barley Sertan and JC Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina, they are probably one, like, Farley's a half point behind or a half point ahead of Horn. Horn is a half point ahead of Sertan. Like, if you, I wouldn't have a problem with anyone that has JC Horn as their number one cornerback or uh, Patrick Sertan as their number one cornerback. Those three corners are fantastic. I love, I love both of them to death. Um, JC Horn, he, he, he is a fun dude to watch. Physical at the line of scrimmage, good press corner, great length and size, good press coverage skills, um, good technique, good physical aggressiveness. Um, does a good job to stay successful in zone, um, stays leveraged, um, does a nice job seeing the backfield, working into throwing windows. Um, I think he has fairly good hip fluidity, but I don't see that – he can kind of get tight-hipped at times. Um, and at times, he can get a little tall in the back pedals. He can get grabby at times. Um, that's stuff that can you can fix at the next level. Um, and then at some points, he will fall step, and he'll guess at times. But overall, I think Horn's a terrific corner. So I want to know your thoughts on Horn. Yeah, Horn, Horn is probably my favorite. And it's not solely just because of like on-the-field stuff. I think off-the-field as well. Um, on the field, when you look at somebody like Horn, like you said, you know, he possesses the size, right? Like 6'1", 205 pounds. I think, you know, I talked about uh, Sertan not being like, you know, as twitchy or as sudden. I think, you know, and, and when I say that, I mean like relative to their size, right? Because what a 6'2", 208 pound or 6'1", 205 pound corner, he's typically not going to look like a 5'10", 185 pound corner, right? Like with their movement skills. But when I look at JC Horn, I would say, for his size, I think he has really good feet and and really good, you know, kind of twitch and changing direction, again, for his size. Um, I do think there are times, especially when I was watching, like, 2019, I think he looked a little bit more lumbering. And you can kind of see it a little bit more against teams like Alabama where, you know, he's kind of struggling to stay, like, in phase with Devontae Smith. When you watched him in 2020, I thought he challenged himself extremely well in space or at the line of scrimmage, or with different things they did, playing man press against um, uh, Elijah Moore, you know, in the slot. Like, you're typically not going to see big corners playing in the slot like that. And I thought he challenged Elijah Moore extremely well. Now, Moore had, like, I don't know, six catches or whatever for, like, 40 yards, right? Now, and most people are like, oh, man, he gave up six catches in the game. But I would say, dude, if I give up six catches for 40 yards, that's a win. That means yes. you're catching everything you're catching is like five, sure. 10 yards, like maybe like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm challenging you to keep in, mm-hmm. in keeping everything 
from being like a big game, especially for a receiver that is more twitched up, more, you know, bursty, has that long speed. So I think from that standpoint, really like um, a lot of what he's able to do from a versatility standpoint. Obviously, we saw the game against Auburn, which, you know, a lot of people were kind of reference to, which was his best game, where you just saw him, you know, really after an early play that was a deep ball um, to Seth Williams, which was a great play. And he just kind of like looked like kind of lulled to sleep a little bit from off coverage. Then he was like, oh, wait. He's going vertical. I need to run with him. It was kind of like a weird play. I would say that was more so of a a brain fart than just like a physical inability to do something. Um, But for the rest of the game, he completely erased Seth Williams and made life extremely difficult on him. And it was from wherever you line up, I'm going to follow you. And I think when I start talking about like the off the field stuff, right, like just the mindset, the tenaciousness, right, the 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 willingness to take on those type of challenges. How many uh, cornerbacks in college are we seeing shadow guys? We don't see it much. So when when I see a guy challenging himself to line up wherever a certain guy lines up, I take note of that, and I think that's some high-level stuff. And then to compete the way he did, to force, you know, he had two interceptions and he forced another interception. Like, his tackling, like, you know, just, you know, the – all the pass breakups. I want to say, yeah, like five pass breakups in that game. Like when you just see that and that type of ability, it really jumps out. And he really possessed that type of ability more times than not, no matter who he was playing against. Again, um, I'd say 2019, that was probably like where it was like, oh, a little sluggish, but I still saw some good things. So I'm give up a slant for a touchdown to Devontae Smith. So I'm also a play off coverage and break up a pass on a slant to Devontae Smith. So, you know, I'm starting to see like, okay, he has some good um, things where you see like, okay, not don't like this as much, but oh, oh, this is great, and I see I can work with that. So I'm at the goal line where he's getting everybody set up, and he's, you know, you see him telling everybody where to go. They tried to high-low him. He took away the flat route, flipped his hips, opened up, knocked away the corner route. Like, you know, that would have been a touchdown. Like, you see those type of things and that type of ability. You know, okay, Kyle Pitts, oh, you got me down the sideline. I was in great position. You kind of boxed me out. Great. But they threw the ball to you three other times, zero catches on those three targets. Um, you know, like just kind of seeing the challenges and different, you know, his versatility. Ideally, you would see like to see him um, match up against bigger guys, but I have no issues with a team that wants to play him against smaller guys as well. Probably wouldn't live with that like all the time, but it does definitely seem it se- seems like that's something he definitely can do. Um, and then just again, the the mindset, the work ethic, you know, the consistently trying to get better. Um, you know, going out of his way, he works with this guy, Oliver Davis, like consistently works with him all the time. Anytime he has any off time, like working on his game, working on his craft, working on his feet, working on his technique. You talked about some of the false steps and things. I've seen some of that as well, where I, I thought his technique at times it was good, but it was kind of like hit and miss. But even with his technique being a little hit and miss, he still more times than not put himself in position to make plays on the ball and knock passes away. So there was just kind of just this level of scrappiness that I really enjoyed watching on film, the not backing down from guys. You know, you see him kind of getting scrappy with guys after plays. Um, you know, clearly I think he was probably my favorite guy to watch. Um, but even then there's one other guy who I think actually had overall like the best film in comparison to everybody else. Um, when it comes to Horn, Sertan, Farley, I love like the versatility around draft Twitter where, you know, you have so many different varying opinions on each prospect, but there's, you have different people that have Farley as CB1, like I do, Sertan as CB1, Horn as CB1. You know, it's a very talented cornerback class at the top. Um, and now we're going to start moving down a little bit towards um, 
a little bit lower on the board um, where there are more varying and different opinions on different prospects at the cornerback position. Um, I want to go to Greg Newsom real quick. Newsom, he, he is another like disciplined corner like Patrick Sertan. He he's disciplined in um, man and zone. I, in my opinion, um, he he's, uh, I think he's fluid. He's got good size. He's aggressive at the catch point. Um, good football cue, good closing ability. Um, like Horn, he can be a bit grabby at times. Um, there, he he can be better when it comes when it comes to tackling and and run support. Um, and also, he's he's not that speedy. He's not a speedy guy by any means. Um, and also, he does have an injury history, and he's never had a full season as a starter. So I want to know your opinion on Newsom, and then I want to talk about a little about a little bit about Ifidu Melifanu, and then we'll get to some of the wide receivers. Yeah, man, um, really like Greg Newsom. I think he his film overall like was maybe the best in my opinion, um, especially like from like a scheme versatility uh, standpoint. Um, and what I mean by that is he was one of the few guys that was just as good in off coverage as he was in press. I thought he was really sound at both levels. I loved how he challenged himself in space. Um, I talked about being able to play with the anticipation. I thought he did that well. But even when he wasn't able to play with anticipation and he had to just play with his feet from off coverage, I thought he did a really good job transitioning in and out of breaks, um, driving down on balls. I think he could be a little bit more explosive out of his breaks. But for the most part, it was really good. It was really good, like, in all levels. His turn and run was good. Um, you know, yeah, I know you talked about his tackling. And I think sometimes tackling can, you know, just be hit and miss in general with anybody. But, like, the one thing I try to point out is, like, is this guy a willing tackler? And I thought he was a more than willing tackler. So from mm-hmm. that standpoint, he definitely um, checked that box. Um, I thought he has nice, fluid movements, fluid hips, good feet. Um, and again, um, and then he played with that, really that confidence, that swagger that I really like to see when I was watching them on film, because when I, when I do film study, I don't look at like their height or their weight or anything before watching their film. I would just want to know, like, I want the notes to kind of tell me everything about this player, whether it's offense or defense, I do the same thing. And I, and I'm like, okay, looks about 5'10", 185. Like, he has those type of movement skills, plays well. Like, I really liked it all. Then come to find out, see his pro day, six foot, 193 pounds. I'm like, wow. So, in my comparison, it was Jair Alexander. And then come to find out, well, damn, he's a bigger Jair Alexander. And I mm-hmm. think that's tremendous. That's probably one of the best compliments that I can give him. So, there was a lot to like. You brought up the injury stuff. And kind of like Caleb Farley, you know, I, I don't know. You know, injuries can be fluky or maybe it can be something that's consistent. Um, I know he missed games, uh, you know, him, him and Farley. When it comes with, with these injuries, I just try to evaluate the film. And I just go off of that, and that's what I try to get the fans so they know what type of player they're getting. The injury stuff, I can't speak on it too much. I do know between the two, between him and Farley, I'd be a little more concerned with Farley because just the back sounds so scary to me especially in a season where you didn't even play and you still had to have like some, you know, a back procedure done. Um, that scares me a little bit, but, or a lot, <laughs> but <laughs> aside from that, um, you know, with Newsom, I know the injury thing was, was there, but just judging off film, I thought he had some really good film. Ifidu Melifonwu, the brother of Obi Melifonwu, 
we all know that OB didn't really turn out the way we that a lot of people were hoping. Like athletic freak, incredible size, um, versatile player, could play corner and safety and whatnot. But he never really turned out. But now here's his brother Ifiu, and watching his tape is it, it's fun to watch. Um, great size, great athlete, um, tackles well, um, good wrap up technique. Um, explosive. Um, he does a good job staying leveraged um, in zone. Man uh, reads the backfield well. Um, I think he can be a good outside corner, starting outside corner at the next level. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff to like about um, Melifonwu, um, but he he is also raw. I think he's um, he can improve a little bit with his route anticipation. Um, and also there's some stuff mentally that he could um, fix up. Um, but overall, this is a this is a fun player that you could really – you can start on the outside and develop throughout the next couple of years. And then down the road, he could be a really good starting um, quarterback number one for any team that ends up drafting him. So I like Melifunwu. I want to know your thoughts, and then we'll get to the receivers. Yeah, he – um, definitely, you know, intriguing. You know, he he has that size, and I think he does a really good job of playing with that type of physicality. He has some versatility. He's you know played some safety, played some outside, um, a lot of outside cornerback. Um, he's somebody I've been kind of following for some years now since he was wearing number twenty three. <laughs> um, you know, I think he uh, does a really good job of being like again scheme versatile, being a guy that can play at the line of scrimmage, being a guy that can play off. I think sometimes his moves are a little bit lumbering, which is to be expected for a guy that's you know six. Three, 200, damn near 15 pounds, right? Like the big guy. Now we're, we're, we're kind of entering Brandon Browner territory as far as size goes. And those guys aren't going to be the most fluid movers, but I think he does a really good job being able to challenge himself in space with his feet. Thought the senior bowl, there was one rep where he let a guy cross his face. I actually messaged him and I'm like, dude, leverage step. Like, don't let this dude cross your face like that um, because you stay head up and don't um, push inside. Next next day, he sends me a clip of him doing just that. So at the very least, you know he's extremely coachable and willing to take you know some sort of constructive criticism. Um, so I really like that about him. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to like, and I think you know I feel like he's kind of just getting started as far as uh, you know where he goes. I want to see what type of scheme he gets put into. Um, you know, ideally, uh, again with a guy of his size. You, you want to put him in more of a press uh, defense, but again, you show all the ability to play off as well. So, um, you know, we're probably talking about day two with him. Um, tested extremely well. I think that helps a lot. But yeah, he's another guy that I like. Moving on to the wide receivers. This is probably one of the more deeper wide receiver classes I've ever seen. Um, maybe the, mo- the deepest I've ever seen. Um, when when I've talked to Panther fans about wide receivers, they're they're wanting someone to, you know, replace Curtis Samuel, and they're like, oh, we could maybe get a Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase or a Devontae Smith at eight instead of taking a a bigger need like offensive tackle or cornerback at eight. And I tell them, you know, you look at how deep this wide receiver class is. You can get a player like a slot gadget player like Curtis Samuel was for his time during uh, while he was in Carolina. Um, You can get someone like that in day three. There are so many different types of wide receivers 
um, in this draft. If you want a guy that can play the boundary at X and just, you know, run vertical downfield, make the big plays downfield, 50-50 balls, there's those type of guys. You want a fast, speedy slot guy, there are those type of guys. You want someone that can play both running back and wide receiver, there are those type of guys. You want an all-around guy, there are also those type of guys. So I really love the versatility in this draft class, especially at the top. So my top five receivers right now, or I, I believe this is probably final for me. Yes, it actually is. Um, my wide receiver one is Shalen Waddle. Just incredible game, um, game-breaking game ability. Um, I love his route-running ability. You know, there, there's some stuff he could work on there, but overall I have no problems there. Great hands, great ball skills. I mean, there's not a lot wrong with Jalen Waddle's game um, to be concerned about. Um, my right wide receiver two, Jamar Chase, fun, fun football player, great with the 50-50 balls, plays bigger than his size suggests. Um, some people will say he's not the best route runner, but I disagree. He he's a good route runner, but he's not as twitchy as you as some people may like. Um, but overall, he he is an exciting football player. Incredible year in 2019 with that LSU squad. Um, and I think opting out doesn't really affect his draft stock. My wide receiver three is his teammate, Terrace Marshall. Um, I think he's a threat on all three levels of the field. Um, I think he's more of a big slot um, to start out where he can develop his release variances, which are still pretty good, but he can work on his hands and footwork um, to be more of an X wide receiver one at the next level that can be a featured receiver in anyone's passing game. Um, my wide receiver three or my wide receiver four is Rashad Bateman. Great all around player, twitchy um, as a route runner. He, he reminds me, um, oh, what was my comparison for? I think it was Keenan Allen. My comparison was for uh, Rashad Bateman, great hands, um, good release variances at the line of scrimmage, um, and he has underrated run-after-catch ability. Then my receiver five is Devontae Smith. Now, that would be a surprise for some, but I don't have a problem with Devontae Smith being a wide receiver one, being wide receiver one for anyone. I think he's a terrific playmaker, um, great route runner, knows what he's doing. I did have to take like I think a couple points off his grade because of size, like I do. I'm that type of guy that's more just trying to be objective with the process, trying to be more realistic, not be not let my bias get to myself, even though I love Devontae Smith a ton. So uh Smith, excellent route runner, great with his releases, twitchy underrated run after catchability he will just break pursuit angles and doesn't even look like he's running that fast he's kind of looks like he's jogging but he's not an elite runner um great hands and again it comes down to the size i wasn't the biggest fan of him when it came to blocking but i know that's not really a big part of a receiver's game unless they unless you get drafted to a team that likes to run the ball a lot especially if you're playing wide zone and you need to block, block on the perimeter, that's very important. So that's why I grade uh, blocking as one of the more higher traits for wide receiver. But overall, I really wouldn't have a problem with any of those guys in my top five being receiver one for anybody. 
Um, so I want to know your thoughts on those receivers, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, Rashad Bateman, uh, Devontae Smith. What do you think of those guys? All right, so um, I'll start with – or where, where do you want me to start? You throw a name out, and then I'll talk about him. Um, Terrace Marshall. I want to know your thoughts on him. Okay, really like Terrace Marshall's uh, film. I like that you have him in your top five and high. I think, you know, as somebody that has that long, linear um, build, that 6'3 frame, um, obviously he ran extremely well at his pro day. And even if he's not a 4'3 guy, I think he definitely runs extremely well. It's probably an underrated aspect of his game. Be being able to be a vertical threat from anywhere on the field, whether it's outside, inside. I really like the fact that in 2019, with you know Chase and Jefferson, he was primarily an outside guy and still won. Won his battles, won his matchups, won at the catch point. Did an extremely good job there, being a vertical threat. And then 2020, um, again, and, oh, in 2019 he was very productive as well. I mean, he caught like 13 touchdown passes with the other two guys um, on the field with him. In the in the next year, now it's just him. And I thought they did a really good job of really showcasing his skill set, being able to play him all over, whether it's in the slot, playing him on the outside. I thought he showed really good uh, understanding of pace and and twitch and steadiness to be able to win on underneath routes, as well as be able to like really showcase that speed and win vertically from the slot or the outside and outrun defenses. Did a really good job there, being able to track in balls. I think his uh, catch at you know um, and you know when he's like kind of uh, in a contested situation was a plus really good there uses his body well to be able to you know fend off defenders so um, I like that you had him in your top five I think he's definitely a terrific receiver and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's you know gone uh, at some point in the first round I'm wanna now I want to know your thoughts on Devonte Smith I'm I may. It may seem like for some I am a lot lower on Smith than some. I have an early second-round grade on Smith, but that doesn't mean I don't think he should be drafted until early second round. That's just where I have him graded, and that's where my round value is. I, I would take him in the first round all day, but that's just how my grading is. I just wanted to clarify that for you and also for any others that think, oh, you're, you don't like Devontae Smith. I don't like Devontae. I don't like I don't dislike Devontae Smith at all. With Devontae Smith, um, I, I don't have a problem with him at all as a wide receiver. I, I love his game. Really solid game all the way around. But I want to know your thoughts on him. On him. I know you like him a lot. Um, he won the Heisman, of course. Incredible season. Um, very well-deserving. Um, so I want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I love Devontae Smith. Yes. Um, I. I think, you know, if I had to pinpoint one guy where I'm like, oh, this is my wide receiver one, it would be him. Um, he, this is what I like to do. And again, remember I said about the defensive backs, right, where like I don't look at height, weight, all that stuff. I just let the film do all the talking and my notes do the do my, you know, like the film take my notes for me. And when it comes to him, I thought when you're starting to check off boxes, there was not from 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 a film study perspective, there was not one box where I felt like was a negative on film. Um, if you want to talk about his physicality, I thought he played extremely physical. I thought that was really good. Um, even in the run game where I'm like, well, I want to knock him because he's so light. But, man, he gives so much effort. And more times than not, I think he blocks extremely well. Um, his release is at the line of scrimmage extremely well. Um, 
guys weren't really able to touch him. They weren't really able to get hands on him. And I think an underrated part about uh, uh, press as a defensive back, the smaller guys are typically harder to get hands on, where the easier guy, the bigger guys are much easier to get hands on. Um, he was extremely difficult to press for defenders. And and a lot of times with that, if you try really hard to get hands on him because you're like, well, he's only 170 pounds, I, I need to get hands on. If you try really hard, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna uh, basically your feet are gonna kind of uh, you're gonna stop your feet. Once you stop your feet, your hips are gonna lock, and that's gonna make it hard to turn around. Once you it's hard to turn around, and you try to get out of there, now your clock is sped up, and your technique goes out the window, and you're just chasing. And then if he sits down a ten yard route, that's when you see guys are drifting upfield. We saw that with J.C. Horn. All right, so these are typically the harder guys to be able to really press and get hands-on consistently. Thought he did a really good job of being able to free himself up at the line of scrimmage, get skinny on guys, stack guys. He wins vertically extremely well. We saw him run straight by guys like Derek Stingley, who's probably going to be the number one corner in next year's class. Boom, go right by him easily. Um, and um, he runs all the routes. I think they did a really good job of showcasing all the versatility he has, being able to play in the slot, being able to play outside. You know, this is a guy that's been extremely productive over the last two years and was Alabama's most productive and, in my opinion, best overall receiver in la- last year. And I was shocked that he went back to college. And the reason why he yeah. went back, because I was wondering, like, man, why did he go back to college? This dude is, like, the best receiver coming out of Alabama that would be coming out this year. And that's with Judy and Ruggs. And this year, finally found out. He was like, I told my mom I wouldn't leave Alabama without my degree. So he stayed another year. Like, that's the type of character we're talking about with this guy. So has that ability um, to be able to win in all areas of the field. I think he does a really good job of understanding leverage, understanding how fast he needs to be in a certain route. Like you talked about his run after catch. And then him as a physical vertical catch being there, like his ability to make catches a high point over defensive backs. I, I call it playing big. And I think anybody can play big, whether you're a smaller guy or a bigger guy, if you play big, you play big. He plays extremely big, you know, and whether it was the six, four corner from South Carolina, where he's jumping over and, and catching the ball in the end zone. Again, his foot was barely out of bounds, but just the fact that it's like, Hey, I'm going over you to catch this boy. I don't care if you're 6'4". I'm bouncing up over you. How he dog Eric Stokes. How he consistently did Ole Miss. How he did Texas A&M. Every single team he played against, when they threw the ball up to him in traffic, he was dogging their defensive backs. Derek Stingley, same thing. He beat him vertically on the go where he just ran right by him for like 80-yard touchdown. Um, and he did it again, but on the other one, uh, Stingley wasn't paying attention or whatever, so I won't count that one. But on the one where Stingley was paying attention, ran right by him, 80-yard touchdown. There was another one down the sideline where it's like sideline, contested, you have good coverage, doesn't matter, I'm jumping over you. So I just look at it from the standpoint of when you're watching his film, what does he not do well? And I can't say one thing where I'm like, ah, this is an issue for him at the next level because none of it was an issue in the SEC, and he completely dominated every single cornerback that he went up against. And then what he did to Ohio State, where I'm like, dude, you guys have to double this guy. And, and they didn't double him to the tune of him going for 200 yards in the first half, like easy, effortlessly. Like, like no matter what you want to do, I'm able to do all this, that, and the other, and I thought he played extremely well. So it, to me, it's just like, what are the negatives? Oh, it weighs 166 pounds. All right, well, show me on film where that was ever an issue. And show me where it was an, more so an issue for him, more so than anyone else in this class, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if somebody might say, well, look at him get pressed on this play. Like, I was like, well, I can show you 20 plays where Jamar Chase gets pressed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so where, like, it, it is the only factor with him because he's lighter 
or does it factor because this is really an issue that consistently shows up? And I would say that it ain't something that showed up. So from that standpoint, I know people will kind of get in their head the fact that, well, he's, you know, he's 166 pounds and, and he would be an outlier. Well, the way I watch film, I don't watch film with his weight or anything in mind. So in my mind, he's just a really good football player. You see what I'm saying? So that's how I kind of view him. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. And, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said about Devontae Smith. I, I For me, the way I grade players, it's I, I'm just trying to be objective. And if their size is somewhat of a concern at the next level for any team, I'll take a couple points off. And for, so, for blocking reasons, like when he's blocking on the perimeter – that could be a concern, maybe, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to see at the next level. Again, I am not in any sort of way trying to bash Devontae Smith. He is an excellent football player. It's just the way how – it's just how my grading scale went for him and how I graded him as a player. So that's that's just why I may seem lower on Smith than others. Yeah, Moving yeah. on to Rashawn Bateman um, – I want to know your thoughts on him. Um, I mentioned my thoughts a little bit. Uh, great route runner. Um, I, I think a lot of people around draft Twitter like him a lot. Um, one, of my, uh, one of my colleagues at bluechipsguy.com, Tyler Forness, um, he's a Minnesota fan. He loves Rashad Bateman. Um, I think, he, I, if I remember correctly, I do believe he has him as, I think, wide receiver three on his board as well. So mm-hmm. I want to know your thoughts on uh, Rashad Bateman. So Bateman might be the last, the one guy I haven't gotten to really watch film on. I have a ton of his 2019 film, but I, I don't really want to go off of his 2019, so I haven't like fully dove into it yet. Okay. I think because I haven't been, had the chance to really get his 2020 film, I might just have to go off of his 2020 so I can finalize my tiers um, of the offensive guys. But in what I've seen so far, which I, I have... I don't want to come off as if I just haven't watched him at all. I have watched him. That's fine. That's um, fine. I remember watching Tyler Johnson um, last year, and people were like, oh, you got to watch Tyler Johnson. You got to watch Tyler Johnson, right? And I'm watching Tyler Johnson, and 13 makes a play, and 13 makes a play, and 13 makes a play. I'm like, dude, you guys are telling me about this Tyler Johnson, dude. Who is number 13? Like, that's the that's better pro prospect. That's the same, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the better pro prospect. So um, watching him and, and seeing – you know, his, you know, the, his ability and the things that he, you know, where he wins and stuff like that. I think he's a very fluid mover, right? Looks a little bit more fluid than twitchy or fast, but I think he does a really good job of, you know, defeating Prez at the line of scrimmage. I think his hands are excellent. I think his run after catch is really good. Again, it's hard for me to have a full evaluation of him because I haven't dove into the mm-hmm. his film as much as other guys, but that's kind of like my overall uh, thought process, uh, uh, thoughts of what I've seen from him so far. Yeah, that's... That- Totally okay if you haven't seen Rashad Bateman. I was just curious if you've seen him at all. Um, I will recommend, Tyler did recommend to me that um, the 2019 tape is the tape you need to watch instead of the 2020. Don't even watch the 2020 tape because it's it doesn't really showcase Bateman's talent to a full extent because new offensive coordinator, new type of offense. It just was, it was a messy season. Didn't really showcase Bateman's talent to the fullest extent. So my recommendation, when you get the chance before the draft, watch Bateman's 2019 tape, 
the Penn State game is easily his best game, in my opinion. It shows everything you want to see from Rashad Bateman. So, we'll, and I, I've watched that so, game. I did watch that game yeah. where he won at okay. every level. He won vertical, won down the sideline. I remember mm-hmm. him kind of beating a. Um, it looked like maybe a like a cover two shell type thing where he where they weren't able to get outside. Yeah, I, I watched that game. Yeah, that, oh man, I I go back to that game anytime I want to watch good wide receiver film. That that's fun to watch. Um, and then let's get to Jalen Waddle. Um, Jalen Waddle, man, I I get excited anytime I watch his tape. The Missouri game. If you've seen his Missouri game, whew, that might be some of the best wide receiver tape you'll see anytime. So, what are your thoughts on ba- or on uh, Jalen Waddle? Yeah, um, Waddle, he he's different, right? And there's going to be a lot of people that compare him to Terry Kill, and I'm always really hesitant to compare anybody to Terry Kill because I think he's just a special receiver, right? In the sense of a lot of times the speed guy isn't great in the NFL. Why isn't the speed guy typically great in the NFL? Is because a lot of times they don't have high-end controlled speed, meaning they can't really threaten guys vertically on routes where they have to work underneath. So yeah. underneath, they kind of play at this like much slower uh, pace and don't really threaten corners, and they struggle with that, like a Henry Ruggs. I, I saw him struggle with that at Alabama last year. Probably struggled with it with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders because – you know, that's something that he has to, like, you know, really hone in on and get better at. Tariq Hill has that. He has that twitch, that suddenness, that explosiveness, the ability to, you know, attack the ball high point, make plays there, right? Be able to use him as a gadget guy at the line of scrimmage, you know, reverses, all those type of things. He wins at every level and threatens guys consistently with his speed. Waddle does the same thing. And he's one of the few guys I've seen be able to do that um, as a quote-unquote speedster. Um Again, I, I want to always evaluate how someone wins. And Waddle is a speed guy, but he's able to win with his speeds at every single level. And I think that's what makes him different. That, that's what makes him special. And then he has the ability of, okay, you know, Mac Jones, you don't have the strongest of arm, so you threw it out there. You didn't hit me in strike, but I can stop and I can bounce up and explode over this defensive back and still catch the ball. And, again, you, you referenced the Missouri game. Saw it there. Saw it mm-hmm. against teams like Georgia. I mean, that was something where I saw consistently where he's having to slow down for passes and jump up over guys, but he makes the catch anyways. And to have that Basically, type of ability like where right. he's, like a, he's like a jitterbug where they get the ball to him in space and he makes guys miss and picks up 10, 12 yards out of a play where he probably should have only gotten, I don't know, four yards, I think those are things that kind of go a little – I don't want to say unnoticed, but uh, uh, undervalued. I, I think if there was one area where he could improve is, you know, I talked about some of these smaller guys. And he's he's not big. He's about 5'10", 5'9", you know, 180 pounds. Um, I talked about these smaller guys being the tougher guys to be able to press at the line of scrimmage because they're so quick. They're sudden. You know, they're twitchy. They're, you know, yep. they get going one way. You know, I stop my feet. But he's not that right now at the line of scrimmage. I think he definitely can get a little bit better. And the, the the thing I'm seeing with him more so than like, you know, say like a Devontae Smith or, you know, at the line of scrimmage, he tries to win or it's more similar to Jamar Chase, right? Jamar Chase, and we'll get into him, but at the line of scrimmage, he wants to win with just strength. Yeah. When I watch Waddle, he wants to just win with speed. So he's yep. looking at it like, you know, I'm just going to 
outrun everybody. And it's like, dude, that's, you know, you're, you're playing against good competition. Like that's not going to work every time. So you'll see a lot of guys be able to get hands on them when they never should be able to lay a finger on them. So I think if there is one area where he can get better, it's that. And maybe that's the case because he played so much in the slot. He has more favorable matchups there. Mm-hmm. He um, typically has guys that are, um, you know, off so the space is already created, right? You're, you're, the guy is five, six, seven mm-hmm. yards off. And now you're they're trying to guard your twitchy, sudden, explosive movements in space, and you just can't do that. So, But then when guys are able to play him at the line of scrimmage, you see them get hands on him. And I think that's an area where he can really improve because if he gets to the next level, and that's something that he's still struggling with, he's going to have a tough time in the NFL because you're going to face more man press. And even those matchups that you think will be favorable in the slot, they're not as favorable in the NFL. So that's one area where I think he definitely needs to improve at. And can. He has the ability to, and that's what I want to note, too. Does a guy have the ability to improve on these things? Does he possess the suddenness, the twitchiness, the ability to, you know, uh, do different movements, you know, with his body? I think he definitely does. So it's not something I'd just be overly worried about, just something I noted that he needs to improve on. One word to describe Jalen Waddle, in my opinion, special. Just a special, special football player. Jamar Chase, last receiver we're going to talk about today. Um, there, there are varying opinions on Jamar Chase. Some have him as easily the best wide receiver in the draft class. Some have him as wide receiver five. Some, there, there are a couple that have seen that don't even have him in his, in their top five, which is shocking to me because I think Jamar Chase is easily one of the top five or three wide receivers in this draft class, arguably the best receiver in this draft class. So I want to know your thoughts on Chase. Um, you were talking about how Chase wants to win with physicality at the line of scrimmage. What are some, um, before you get into some of the negatives about Chase, tell me some about the positives, I think, um, to remind folks about what Chase really does on the field better than most. Oh, man, he's a bully. You know, he's a bully. And I think, you know, for someone, and I'll get into some of the things that I question, but for him to be able to win the way that he does and win that way, downfield um you know he has these little like subtle nuances to his game um the way he's able to be a vertical threat because you know at the top of the route he's strong and understands how to like okay i'm faster than people think so let me use this chicken wing to create some separation and then now from that standpoint the guy won't be able to really catch up to me in space i think he does things like that extremely well his body control at the at the catch point is really good um, I think he does that very well. I think after the catch, once he gets the ball in his hands, you start to see that speed that he possesses, right? He ran in the four threes. I don't know if he's that fast, but I know he's fast enough to where I saw him in the SEC, especially against Vanderbilt, just or Wake Forest, I think it was Vanderbilt, um, just consistently outrun the angles. So you know he possesses some level of really good speed, whether it's you know maybe a four three eight, but it could be four four five. I think he has that in his bag. I saw a guy like and I can I can kind of pay attention and note things where I see how does he make the cornerback feel? And I saw like Terrell kind of struggling to kind of keep up with him a little bit, right? Um, you know, AJ Terrell from Clemson. So when you see those things, you understand like, okay, I think he's a little bit faster than what people are kind of giving him credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that kind of takes me to quote unquote the the negative. And I think he can do more to create separation. Now, now he's not this big guy, right? Six foot, 200 pounds. Like that, that's, that's cool. Or 5'11 and some change, 200 pounds. That's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's, uh, 
Odell Beckham size, right? But I don't think he plays with um, the fluidness, the burst, the twitch, the suddenness that we see from Odell Beckham. So he's not that guy. I think um, he's a very interesting prospect from the standpoint of the same way he wins is the same way he loses. And I don't know if I've really seen that from a prospect where it's like, well, you win with strength, but damn, you sure do lose a lot of reps from strength with strength as well. And what I mean by that is a lot of times he does nothing to move the defensive back out the line of scrimmage, right? I talked about um, Waddle needs to get better at that. I talked about Devontae Smith being really good at that. I talked about Bateman being really good at that. Chase, not good at that. And he doesn't move guys. He more so just tries to like, let me just push him out the way and then run my route. And it's like, we see times where it works. And you'll see people post clips, like, oh, look at him just push this guy out the way. Then he made this catch. Great, right? But there are a lot of times where he does not win that way. But nobody really shows that. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the few people I've seen, where he, or especially top prospects as a receiver, where he loses a lot of reps when you watch the film. Now, again, it's, it, it, get, it gets overshadowed because you also see the – Big plays, the explosive plays, the plays downfield, some of the run after catch where they just get the ball in his hands. But if there's one area where I'm like, wow, this is this could potentially be a bigger issue than I think people want to kind of admit, I would say it's that. I think he can do a better job of really playing faster, right? There are a lot of guys like, man, he plays slow. No, he doesn't like play slow when the ball's in his hands. You can see the speed, but I think in route. He does not threaten guys vertically and everything he does, even at the top of route, where it's like, oh, I got to fight through contact. And again, we've seen it work. But if you really pay attention, you'll see a lot of reps where it doesn't work. So I think, you know, the, the question now is, and I, I said it with Waddle, Waddle has the twitch, the suddenness, the ability to really be um, craftier at the line of scrimmage. He just needs to work on it. Does, does uh, Chase possess the quickness, the twitchiness, the suddenness to be able to not say he has to be this pure separator like some of these other guys, but can he just do a little bit more to free himself up to where everything doesn't have to be bully ball and he can start to consistently win a little bit more reps than he loses. Because I can look at Waddle and I can tell you, I can show you when Waddle's not getting the ball, there's plenty of times where he's cooking DBs and he's wide open. Mm -hmm. With Chase, when he's not getting the ball, a lot of times he just ain't open at all and everything has to be trusted and everything has to be contested and it's almost like um des bryant right like towards like the end of his career where Dak, Pre you know tony romo was fine with it right joe burrow is fine with it whereas like, i'm good with just throwing it to an area and trusting that my guy's going to make this contested catch um you know is his nfl quarterback like Dak prescott when he took over for dallas he wasn't as cool with that he wasn't as comfortable with throwing that contested pass is jamar chase Next quarterback, if it's not Joe Burrow with the Bengals at five, is his next quarterback going to be as comfortable just throwing it and trusting him to make a play at the catch point? Again, point to the times where he does. What about times when he doesn't? Watching him against Auburn. We're down the sideline. Quarterback throws it up. Ball gets intercepted because it's a contested pass. Those are the things that will it become more of an issue at the NFL level? We'll see. So, again, I think he is a terrific prospect. You talked about people being all over the place with him. Maybe that's why. I think he's going to be good at the next level. I think he definitely has an area where he clearly needs to improve at. I agree with you. Um, you know, this is such a versatile, and like I mentioned before, this is such a versatile wide receiver class. Like, you don't know who, 
you know who has um, Devontae Smith at wide receiver four or five or even six. Like, you know, there's there's so many varying opinions out there. And with Jamar Chase as well, there's so many varying opinions as well. And, you know, Chase has an, an obvious weakness, but, you know, the rest of his game, it, it's it's really, really good. Um, and he's a fantastic prospect. Um, I don't think he is um, Julio 2.0. I don't think that. Like people, I don't think he's going to be Julio too. Yeah, well, they talk about him. They say he's the best prospect since Julio Jones, and and I have a lot of pushback with that. And again, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not one that scouted Julio Jones coming out, so I think maybe part of it is me looking at Julio Jones as what he is now, um, and what we kind of forget. AJ Green actually was the first receiver taken in that class. It wasn't Julio, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and AJ Green has had a terrific career in itself. Right, right. He's been really good. But, I mean, I would say, um, shoes. I mean, I don't think he's the best prospect in this class. No. Like, I would no. say, you know, I would have a hard time. You know, we look at guys like uh, Amari Cooper and, you know, guys like that where I'm like, uh, I think Cooper was better. Now, again, I think part of it is just his explosive numbers that he had at LSU. But when you just don't factor in the stats, just let's look at him. And let's start checking off these boxes, right? That's why I said, uh, you know, and let's not, not look at the numbers. Let's not look at the height, the weight, the, all that type of stuff. Let's just look at what he does and what boxes he checks. And I, not, and he definitely checks some boxes, but there are also some boxes that he does not check. Right. So that's kind of my just overall viewpoint of him. I like him a lot, right? If I had to give a ranking, he'd probably be my wide receiver too because I think he has that type of upside and ability. But I do think that there are clear areas where he definitely can improve. Absolutely. Eric, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry this lasted so long. I didn't expect it to last this long, but it was a pleasure to have you on, man. Really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.